everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 135th episode of the podcast, airing May 9th, 2022. Now, in this episode, I am pleased to welcome back to the program special guest Mackenzie Greer from Mac and the Zodiac to join me in a discussion on Jupiter and Aries, where Mac and I talk all about this year's spiciest transit uh, because it is big news when Jupiter crosses over the Aries point, and we unpack how this will be a special three-part Passover of one of, if not the most, potent mundane degrees in the Zodiac. We dive into what Jupiter represents as a planet, the transition from Pisces to Aries, and what the great benefic may have in store while traveling the initiating energy that is Aries. We also go back and recap previous time periods where Jupiter traveled through cardinal fire, along with a breakdown of the major transit activations that Jupiter will light up during its time in the Ram's territory. All we can say is get ready for some revved up over the top Jupiter juice. Now to see our smiling faces along with the charts, you can tune into the video version of this episode on YouTube. Now, if you'd like to support this program and my astrological efforts, you can come on over to energeticprinciples.com, where you can book a personal consultation with yours truly, where I have a natal chart makeup. I have a two future vibes sessions that have to do with either a look ahead at a whole year or a three-month hotspot, or I have my tarot meets astro, which is more of a situational consult where you can get to the matter, uh, you know, if you got a matter that's going on and you need some advice with astrology and the cards, it really pinpoints things and gets you in there. So if that's something you're interested in, come on over to energeticprinciples.com. Also, you can leave a tip there for this program uh, or for anything you like uh, through my tip jar. And of course, you can sign up for my monthly transit newsletter, The Heavenly Wind, that comes out once a month and tells you all about the transits, all about the moves of the personal planets, the lunations, uh, tarot, elemental forecast, and of course the animal ambassador. You got to know who is with us, walking with us each month. All right. That being said, uh, one more announcement. Stormy Grace, she's back. She's back with year two of YouTube Academy as we did get it funded on Kickstarter. Uh, but this year's a little bit different as we, last year was just so meaty. There were so many classes, so many fabulous teachers. And rather than going for round two of trying to teach you even more stuff, we're actually opening it up to live Q&A sessions with each of the teachers from last year so that you have time to ask, you know, questions. Because sometimes when you go through these webinars and these classes and you're taking it all in, you might have questions that are left unanswered. And so these Q&A sessions are meant to be just for that. I want to answer your questions. <laughs> and I will be available to do so on Wednesday, May 25th at 11 a.m. Mountain Time, which is 1 p.m. Eastern or 10 a.m. Pacific, to answer any questions you may have on my class, Dignities and Debilities. 
So if you haven't seen that webinar from last year, you can. Uh, there will be a link in the podcast description for you to go over and watch it. Um, and yeah, so come on down on the 25th to ask any questions about the class or if you just have questions about dignities and debilities or rulership in general, uh, I will be there uh, along with Stormy to help answer those. So we do look forward to seeing you there. All right. So who is ready to hear all about Jupiter and Aries? Here we go. Now let's meet our guest. All right. I am so happy to welcome back to the program. We have Mackenzie Greer with us here today. Thanks for joining me again, Mac. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Mel. It's I love talking to Mac because, I mean, fellow cancer, like. Right. Can't beat we, that. We jive. We jive together. Um, so I think it's been a while since you've been on, though. We did a I feel like we did a forecast episode um, last time you were here. I don't remember which month, uh, but it was probably something in early 2021. Uh, and then we did actually uh, a while back, we did a program on astrology and palmistry, I think, which was a special episode um, because both Mac and I uh, delve in palmistry, her a little bit more so uh, as that is part of your business. Um, but that was a fascinating episode if you want to learn anything about palmistry because we really, I think we really got in there. Yeah. Oh man. I think it's so cool that we share that together too. It's just such a rarity to have astrologers that know about palmistry and to merge them together. I feel like we need more of us. So <laughs> interest. Yeah, this is your call. So if you want to, if you want to learn about palmistry, if you want to join our special group of two, now I'm sure there's much more out there. I know uh, Frank Clifford's one who uh, is all about. Yeah, he's got he's got several books on palmistry, and uh, actually, I think one of my first books on palmistry, not the first, but one of those early ones, was a, a Frank. Frank Clifford book. Um, so there's another, another astrologer out there that is, uh, in the world of palmistry. Um, but that, that being said, this has no segue to that, but that being said, (laughs) (laughs) I have Mac on here today to talk about Jupiter moving into Aries, which is big news in the skies. Um, so we're going to dive all into that. Uh, but before we do so, if you haven't uh, caught Mac on the program again or anywhere out in the interwebs. Uh, share a little bit about yourself before we get started. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Mackenzie Greer of Mac and the Zodiac. Um, I'm pretty much a psychological astrologer these days. That's kind of where I found my footing as time has gone on. Um, I've been practicing professionally since 2017, but I've kept Kepler College trained. Um, yeah, so I've been really just doing readings for people all through this pandemic times. And so if you're still looking for a reading, you're in the mood for getting up to date, come to me, come check it out or Mel, you know, any astrologer or all, all super qualified these days. And yeah, other than that, I'm a palmist. I'm an also a palmistry teacher. I've been like teaching this year, which has been so fun. So if you've ever been interested in learning about palmistry, by the way, you don't have to have any esoteric background. You can just jump right in. Um, and I'll show you the ropes. Uh, my next, my next palmistry one-on-one class is going to be in September. So It'll be nice kind of, right. Just studious energy if you're, if you're feeling it. So that's me though. That's you. That's well, that's great. So doing, uh, teaching the palmistry course, is that online? Can people learn all this? Oh, that's great. 
Exactly. And it was a challenge too, right? Because when you learn in palmistry, it's like very tangible. It's very physical. Yeah. You gotta like learn how to touch a lot of things, engage things with the eye. But I've I've managed to do it and I'm happy with my students. So I think it's I think it's working out. So we'll keep chipping away at it. Oh fun. <laughs> I'm I want to be in that class. I need like, I like, I know things and then I remember things, but it's always interesting that they see, um, I don't know. I, I like personally, I have never been taught palmistry with like a teacher in, you know, in a real life setting. It's always been obviously reading Mars and Gemini reading every single book on the subject and then just (laughs) seeing where it pans out and being like, give me your hand. Let's see. Oh, it works. Okay. (laughs) There's that. But, um, it's always interesting to have like kind of the feedback of someone who knows what they're doing. So if you want to learn palmistry, Max, your gal, September, jot that down. (laughs) So, all right. Well, we got plenty to talk about here today uh, with Jupiter moving into Aries, um, which is so interesting because it happens on a, it happens at quite a time. It's like the ingress itself is on Tuesday, May 10th, uh, but that day just happens to have Mercury going retrograde on the actual ingress day. Obviously we're in between eclipses, you know, a smack dab in between the, the solar and the lunar eclipse. So to have such a prominent planet as Jupiter move over and into Aries because Aries, you know, as we know, it's the first sign of the Zodiac, uh, according to who you talk to. And Mm -hmm. there is a, there's a potency that sits at cardinal points, uh, what are known as like world points. So zero degrees Aries is a really specific degree. So it's not just the ingress of Jupiter itself moving into Aries. There's something to be said about, about that, that, kind of catalyzing degree of, of zero degrees Aries. Um, yeah. So I didn't realize there was so much going on on the ingress day. Oh yeah. <laughs> you looking at the chart, <laughs> her eyes got big. Uh, <laughs> like, whoa, what is, what is happening here? Yeah. There's a, it's interesting. It's a, it's a big, I was calling it fat Tuesday, big fat Tuesday with, uh, with Mercury going retrograde and and Jupiter uh, moving into Aries. And obviously the moon will be in Virgo uh, then, which is, uh, it's actually not really quite configured to any of that, uh, moving off a square with Mercury. But um, yeah, so I think it's going to lend a lot to kind of the eclipse energies that are coming with the lunar eclipse and Scorpio. Um, I mean, these aren't Jupiter-driven eclipses, but to have, uh, it is a, a Mars eclipse and Jupiter will now be in Mars sign and sitting at the zero degree point. So that does add this, you know, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about a lot of new beginnings and new fresh energy. Cause that's just the, the idea of, uh, Aries there. Um, but I'm going to give some technical data before we start to get in on some of the more specifics of just this configuration. So, to get an idea of Jupiter's moves through Aries is that it kind of has this stop-start motion. It's a unique cycle, actually, where it's going to cross over the zero-degree point three times, where when I went back in history, because uh, I only pulled it back so long, there's a lot of history. Um, but <laughs> since you know the last couple of times since the 70s, it's basically there hasn't been that back and forth over the... Um, the zero degree point itself. It, it did a dance with Taurus and, you know, zero degrees Taurus, uh, I think back in maybe, 
I can't remember if it's the eighties or the 2010. I'm botching that one. But anyways, it has like this special kind of potency in my mind because it's going to be answer over that point. Back to the technical data I said I was going to give. It enters on May 10th. It's going to retrograde uh, on July 28th at eight degrees of Aries. So it makes it to about eight degrees. So if you have eight degrees of cardinal signs, you know, just check it. There's <laughs> probably going to be a lot of Jupiter energy going there. It's going to cross back over the Aries point to go into Pisces on October 27th, 28th, around that time. It's going to station direct on November 23rd in Pisces to then re-enter Aries on that Aries point at December 20th, right before the solstice. Uh, And then it's going to just cruise on through Aries and exit May 16th, 2023. So we get plenty of these kind of back and forth tastes, uh, pivoty tastes as a (laughs) cardinal signs tend to be. Um, So I think maybe where we should start is just talking about Jupiter as a planet. You know, let's get a feel for this archetype. So Mac, you know, if I say, what's Jupiter to you, what, what would you say? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great place to start just as like a little refresher, right? Often we think of Jupiter as the greater benefic, right? It tends to be an influence that works positively. We view it positively because in our lives, we, you know, Jupiter offers expansion and we usually think more is better, bigger is better, right? And oftentimes, yeah, sure it is, but we have to be very wary. And I especially think so with Jupiter and Aries is the fact that uh, too much, you know, what, too much of a good thing is something we want to keep an eye on always with Jupiter, but especially in Aries in some dimensions that we'll begin to talk about a little bit later on. Um, but really for the most part, we like Jupiter. We love Jupiter. Jupiter brings us new opportunities. It gives us a reason to connect to things outside of our normal scope of life. It connects us to the universe. It connects us to social order in a lot of ways. Um, right. It's very much about expansion and integration. So Jupiter is how we find our meaning in life and also mm-hmm. how we come to understand how it's all woven together and at the same time provides us new opportunities, right? So when we're talking about Jupiter entering into Aries, we're talking about your Aries house for the most part, right? Where are you getting this kind of, you know, benefic Jupiter energy coming in, offering you some expansion, offering you some liberation at the same time, um, some just fresh opportunities, as well as I think understanding, which is a nice internal Jupiter's or rather internalized side of a Jupiter transit that doesn't get a lot of talk because I don't know if you find this, but right. Oftentimes when astrologers talk about Jupiter, it's like, it's very externalized. Like the benefits are externalized. This new opportunity will land on your doorstep. But oftentimes I think it's also like, I understand now, right. Or like, I get it. Or that, that information has become integrated in a way that we, we heal from something or we understand something better when we have a Jupiter transit through a certain house too. So I don't know if you, if you relate with that on the kind of more quiet little side of Jupiter sometimes. Uh, when it, you know, yeah, it absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and that's just the, that's kind of the polarity of, uh, you know, Jupiter and Mercury as, uh, you know, opposites. It's like, we get the information, we get the stimulus, we, it, it comes in, but do we fully understand it? Do we fully integrate it? Do, does it become part of us? Does it become part of our philosophy, our belief system, you know, um, what we can kind of trust and put our energies behind. And so to, I totally agree with you that that can, that is definitely a, a focus of Jupiter and, and 
and occasionally maybe that might be a focus of Jupiter more when it's in signs uh, that are more receptive in nature where, you know, cause a lot, you know, Jupiter in Aries, when we have this kind of fire uh, outward, you know, we're probably going to see a lot that is more externalized, but yeah, absolutely. It, and, and that might be actually part of the Pisces that we just went through. That's and we're going to, we're going to talk about the, this kind of, you know, moving from Pisces to Aries, cause that's a very important uh, transition. But I feel, I feel like the Pisces transit was very much what you're describing, like just coming to points of understanding and a lot going on beneath the surface, because I feel like, you know, we can't just grow externally. We, we have to grow internally in order for that to manifest, you know, outside, (laughs) I'm just doing waves outside of you. That's a, (laughs) so yeah. And overgrowth is dangerous too with Jupiter, right? We always have Jupiter and Saturn working together to kind of say like, this is the boundary. You can't overgrow this. So there's only so much capacity for growth in so many things, right? So, Well, I love that you bring that up because it reminds me where I'm at with my plants right now. Uh, And so here we have this solar eclipse in Taurus that just happened. And my plants desperately need like propagating, they need, you know, they're trying to grow more, but what's already there has grown so much that it can't nurture the other part. Like there's only so much nutrients in the soil, you know? And so like either what grows doesn't get enough, uh, nourishment and the leaf isn't as bright or it has like some dark spots or, you know, or, or doesn't grow as big because there's not enough, um, you know, like it's not focalized on what wants to grow and really blossom because it's like partitioned with what it has. So I'm using a plant analogy and my desperate need to, to prune my plants right now. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with that because you can only, I mean, we could only handle so much. Exactly. Yeah. I, it's, I think that's a great analogy and it's so important to think about that. Like where can I kind of cut back on my overgrowth? Where have I like bitten off more than I can chew is usually a Jupiter uh, quandary, if you will. And I also <laughs> wanted to mention too, that I think when in Jupiter transits, like in certain houses, right? Like we just had our Pisces house kind of have this Jupiter transit and we'll have a little more of a dabble with that later in the year as we'll talk about. But when Jupiter goes into Aries and our Aries house gets activated, we also get Jupiter's liberating energy, which I think is a really cool, just as a concept, a cool word, like liberation that Jupiter brings. And you think about Jupiter castrating Saturn, right? Like, and freeing all the other planets and being like, be free. Now I kind of think of that same, hopefully happier than castration energy going on in the Aries house, (laughs) although it is Aries, you know. It is Aries. (laughs) (laughs) It could be some cutting, Um, right? But liberating whatever's kind of been stagnant or stuck in your Aries house or what's looking to kind of get some fresh air, get some breathing room, just get some movement. Um, So I kind of love thinking about it that way too. Yeah. I mean, it makes total sense. Like that's the idea of, of growth in some, in some regards is there's liberation to what was stagnant or stuck or wasn't having movement because at the end of the day, Jupiter is about moving. It's like pushing something forward. I always, I always reference it to, you know, Jupiter is very prominent in death charts. It's like, what's the next chapter, you know? And a lot of times with the Jupiter energy, there is a death of some sort, and that doesn't have to be literal death. It can be, 
But a lot of times, you know, there is kind of that transitionary energy because in order to grow and start new journeys and and move into the next portion of the quest, uh, something is left behind because like you said earlier, you can't hold it all. You can't like, you can't bite off more than you can chew, but you also can't carry everything on your back if you want to be able to fully uh, engage and grow in what opportunities are before you. And so, and that might be a lot about this Pisces, Aries uh, transition as well too. You know, I feel like Pisces can have a lot of baggage, uh, to it, to some extent. Um, and that might be part of the process of moving on and, and, and fully understanding, like you were talking about earlier, bringing in these points of understanding and, uh, refreshing of our spiritual philosophies on life, uh, so that we can really blossom into the new beginnings that want to start with the Aries energy. And so it's such an interesting, um, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, good. I, I, I'm energized by the, the concept of it. I think it'll have its snags, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'm intrigued to say the, say the least here. And, and keep in mind when I was talking about our technical data earlier, uh, we are going to go through this transition a couple times. We're experiencing right now in the final days of Pisces, um, as this will be this will be released for the, a day before Jupiter goes into Aries. But you'll know where you've been. I mean, we always do, hopefully. Um, and then we're going to touch on this again in the late part of October. Ironically enough, we're going to touch on this same transitionary energy between Pisces and Aries in our next set of eclipses. So it's really interesting to think about Jupiter just pushing us through the end and the beginning. It will be pushing us through the end to the beginning right? in this eclipse and then pulling us back in. It's like, Oh, what haven't you dealt with? What hasn't, what didn't get fully wrapped up? What, you know, uh, to push us back in there once again with another set of really potent eclipses. Um, and then get us right before the solstice to come back to Aries. So it's universe. That's so tricky. (laughs) And that's so funny because I think when we're like kind of gearing up to talk about the transition between Pisces and Aries, right? I I often visualize it as like Pisces as the kind of cosmic womb in a lot of ways, right? This Mm. kind of awareness of like there's no separation between, like when you're right? Like a little creepy little fetus. You're just connected to your mother. There is no definition. Creepy. <laughs> when you're a creepy little fetus. <laughs> I'm supposed to be Cancerian and maternal. Uh, working out there. Um, when you're a creepy little fetus and you're connected to your mom, you, you feel no distinction, right? It's all love. It's all, well, hopefully. Um, and then Aries is like the infant, right? It's like thrust out and you're in this hard, cold world. And then these concepts of survival and, and courage and, and raw, like crude life force that's kind of emerging with Aries, right? Well, it's kind of funny when you were talking about Jupiter going back and forth between Pisces and Aries. I'm like, oh, it's almost like the baby's getting sucked back in the womb and then it's going out again. A lot of weird imagery going on here today, people. We're going to have to just deal with that. (laughs) Stay with it. Stay with it. That's kind of what I'm I'm like, what is this kind of, you know, without it being too graphic, but like this kind of being pulled back into like almost cook more or like we miss something Mm. and then being kind of spat back out in this kind of infantile state. Like, I just think it's a fascinating Right, right. And we all are kind of fascinated, I think, as astrologers by the end of Pisces and the beginning of Aries, because Pisces is the culmination. And Aries, of course, like you're saying, the zero degree cardinal Aries point, Aries point just being like this kind of launching, thrusting, the literally the first degree of the whole entire zodiac. So it's really, it's such an interesting liminal space. And it's so death life, death life. Whoa, where are we going? We're right. I mean, 
really interesting. Like to, it, it, yeah. it is when you when you think about it, it absolutely is. And and I feel like like really emphasizing what you brought, just brought up there about the connectedness of Pisces and like being involved in the all of it, right? You know, we think about Pisces, we kind of make hippie jokes of all oh, everyone is one, you know, everyone is uh actually I can't think of it right now, but you know, we're all one. That's what I was looking right. for. We're all one. And when you're creepy little fetus in your mom's body. <laughs> You know, <laughs> we're one with that too. Um, right. But there's an individuation that happens with Aries because then all of a sudden we realize, oh, we're an individual. We're a self um, who am, uh, you know, I've, I've been so immersed in the world and everything around me. And I mean, we have lived through an interesting time of collective um, considerations with pandemic life um, and just the changing realities of the world and and, uh, warring factions. And there's just a lot going on. And uh, I know that that was, it's always been a big contention too, with some of the energy that has been going on to move out of this space is the idea of, are you, are you aligning yourself with the collective and the needs of the collective? Are you the individualist that only cares about what you, you know, and I think Jupiter moving into Aries is going to remind us all that we are individual entities um, on our own journey and where we have been within, you know, the collective and engaging with everything that is, and we always will be, because we are part of the all that is these truths stand next to each other, (laughs) you know, Um, but really seeding back into what, what it looks like as, as an individual entity, when we've gone through so much, because we've all been reconfigured in so many ways. And now this is almost like a growth spurt for just um, individualism, uh, in many ways, I think. Right. I think you know, I think that's such a like fascinating point. And like, I'm so glad you brought it up. I think it's, it'll be really interesting in, in terms of, I don't know why my mind is going here, but kind of thrust into individuation coming out of Pisces and also like how much emotional, you're kind of just talking about this before, but like the emotional baggage of Pisces and also taking on other people's emotional baggage. Kind of just like a nice reminder, like me first really quick. Let me just, I got to establish me before I can take care of all of us or you or us or we. Um, right. It's kind of just like this reminder to come back to self on the positive spin. And then yeah. on the other kind of side, which I'm a little more kind of fearful of is yeah. like, <laughs> do we need more me first. Uh, and I, I think there's a healthy way to kind of cultivate that or recheck in with yourself. If, like if that imbalance is off, but when I step back and look at the collective, I'm like, do we really need more people saying like, well, what I believe is right. Right. Like, Oh God, no, no, <laughs> no. But, um, not that I'm going to, not that I want to like only worry about that, but I am just like, (laughs) I'm like, Ooh, are we really, do we really need more people saying like me first? Well, and you, and you stated this when we first got in there is about how Jupiter can on in many ways go overboard with things. So I think those, these are going to be realities of that. We, you know, um, are going to deal with, but I think that a lot of people that may need this like boost of individual awareness and to reconnect with themselves and what their, what their purpose is here, you know, like, and where they're, where we're going, you know, and, in this fresh start energy that that is accessible, but we are going to get, we're going to get the, uh, over the top examples as well, because that's just the nature of the planet itself. Um, and realize that, so we don't get caught up in it too. I think it's like, 
Just don't get caught up in it. Don't get, you know, we're talking, we're moving from Jupiter and domicile to Jupiter ruled by Mars. It's like, do you, do you want it? to get your goat? Do you want to like, where is your Martian energy? Where is your assertion? What triggers you into aggression, um, or irritation, you know, like, and and I always feel like, I always feel like irritation is such an interesting thing because I feel like irritation is needed because in order to grow, a lot of times we have to become irritated with where we're at or what's not happening for us or what we want to change. You know, we think about Jupiter and, you know, in the tarot, it's the wheel of fortune. It's literally the wheel of change turning. And so that's that growth and that movement here too. So I think that we might get fired up in many ways. Um, it, it could be irritation from other people that are around it. So it could be irritation with ourselves. Um, but I think irritation is going to be a real, uh, like wisdom trigger because we're, we're going to know if we're fed up with something or we like, it just, uh, it, then something's got to change. Right. Um, so I think that's a good barometer to kind of go by, especially at first. And it's something to look forward to because it's also so action oriented, right? Like you can, you're going to, you can do something like, I think with this, especially like you're mentioning with Jupiter dancing over the zero degree Aries point, like over and over again, it's like, it's not resting on your laurels. It's not taking any more BS. It's like, let me act, let me do something. I'm ready to kind of shake these cobwebs off. I'm not handling any more. Like it's just, go time in a lot of ways. Um, and like really needing to choose your battles, I think, pick your battles wisely. Yes. Yes. Uh, because your battles can turn into wild, uh, unpredictable. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Little wildfires. And, and, and remember that too, when you're engaging with other people in the world, everybody is under the influence of Jupiter and Aries. So if there was ever a time when you just don't want to, uh, you know, provoke in ways that are entirely unnecessary. I'm saying, I don't say go around like just acquiescing to everything and everybody in life, but just really choose, you know, when the battle, when the battle is, um, is, is worth it or facilitate some sort of ending or not ending, but, um, just something that is going to be of, of a positive nature for you (laughs) in the end and not one that could be destructive or dangerous. Um, yeah. Yeah, So those rams locking horns and getting stuck together. Just, you know, no, thanks. No, I wanted to ask you like, what was your, how was your Jupiter and Pisces? How was your Jupiter Neptune? Like what, what, how was the Jupiter Neptune? (laughs) It's so funny. It felt like there was, um, you know, because the whole time Jupiter was in Pisces and I mean, really Jupiter has been in Pisces since late December. It did the kind of the similar thing where we got some tastes of it back in the, the summer of 2021. But the, but the main meat of it was this like late December through the period that we're talking right now um, with the highlight of Jupiter and Neptune meeting uh, on April 12th. And, and it was interesting because it, it coincided with you know, Mars moving into that zone too. So it really just overloaded us was like, how much Pisces can you handle? You know, (laughs) how much Pisces are you able to swim through? And it it had like a really lethargic feeling to it. Um, but at the same time, I was really wrestling with direction and, and dreams and like old dreams and wondering if old dreams I have already are are coming up to be kind of catalyzed into new life and to have new confidence around them 
but I wrestled with the doubt of whether or not they're supposed to be let go. And this was my, per, you know, this was my personal kind of process is it's like, okay, well, I'm inspired by this. I still connect with this, but I've also had hardship and I've had grief around this too, as part of my journey through it. And so is there something still here for me? Uh, and I kind of need confidence to, um, you know, transcend that and then, and, and then put it into a new chapter, or is it me just thinking that, you know, seeing mirages and something that is really, I don't really have the energy for anymore. So I kind of had a back and forth with that. And for me, there's this fifth house energy. So it had a lot to do with kind of the creative impulse and where I put my creative energy. Um, but I also felt really creative at the same time too. I started doing these like reels on Instagram. I like when Jupiter was in a grand trine with my son and my ascendant and Uranus. And, um, so it had a lot of really creative energy to it, but it kind of culminated in this, is this, is this plausible for me still? Or is this just a fantasy? Um, yeah. And I really don't have a decision of either way at this point of that still. Right. I almost wonder if you're not supposed to quite yet. I mean, maybe with some clarity, like once Jupiter moves into Aries, I just, yeah. I, I just want to say like, I love that reflection. And I think like that a lot of people can relate to that sentiment, even if it's like your personal life. I think I, I'm just hearing what you said, like, I feel so much of that. And just a reflection on like, is this still part of me? Or, and like you said, grieving over creative processes that have come and gone or wanting to like tie them together, but maybe they're too far gone or is it yeah. worth coming back, breathing life into? And I think we'll get that kind of nice boost with Aries to kind of see what's worth acting on or what's worth kind of initiating, right? Because of the one key word with Aries seems to be like, beginnings. It's all that kind of fresh, like that infantile energy, like let's go, let's, let's create something new out of that kind of the emotional waters and, and collective <laughs> feel all of it, you know, kind of baggage of Pisces. Yeah. And I will, and that's why we go through those big questions and we have those kind of like soul searching questions where we go back and forth on is because we have to assess these things within us and to know where to properly put our energy when the burst comes, you know? And so I think that there will be some clarity that comes with that. Uh, just, just through what we're actually find ourselves energized by, right. Cause we're talking about Mars, uh, we're talking about Aries. And so you, you'll know the direction you need to go only because you're fired up about it. You have passion about it. You're enthused about it. So it's a clear sign just because you have energy for it. And if you don't have energy for it, uh, when Jupiter is in Aries, then chances are that is your answer right there because you would be fired up if you did. <laughs> so I think that's a big part of it, but what about you, Mac? How was your, uh, how was your Jupiter and Pisces experience or the, the Neptune <laughs> activation? I think as we were kind of talking about earlier, it was really kind of on the understanding side of Jupiter. It wasn't like externalized action. It wasn't like an abundance of opportunities or anything. It was in my eighth. So it's much more personal and kind of yeah. quiet and, and reflective, you know, and it was extremely healing in a lot of ways that it needed to be in terms of just eight house things that you just kind of got to move through. And that's, it's a required transit. Sometimes you need some Jupiter energy <laughs> to go through there and be like, okay, this is this. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize that. You know, <laughs> you kind of, like greet your skeletons face to face. Yeah. Um, you're like, oh, okay. Hello. Um, but really all in all, it's been really good. I'm excited for it to go into Aries. I'm excited for some ninth house energy and just, oh see yeah. It. Right. Cause with the fire trends, let's go. That's right. So 
teacher max coming out you know you met teacher max (laughs) (laughs) i think that will be fun that's a that's a great transit i'll be i'll be working i'll be sixth house mel i was thinking about you getting your sixth house going i was like ooh. Oh, well, my sixth house is also the rule of my first house. So there's an integral part of, you know, when you're Scorpio rising, you have that, uh, that Mars, Mars shares with that first and that sixth. And, you know, like, I don't, I think it'll, I'll be pumped to be in uh, good health and good physical form, but, but really feeling growth in my like daily routines. You know, I think, I think too, about the sixth house of being um, a point of mastery. It's like, you get the creative energy and vision in the fifth house. Um, and that, you know, authentic message that just kind of like spurs up within you, but what do you do with that? Are you practicing that? Are you showing up to it every day? Are you putting it into motion? And so I think about the sixth house of being a point of self-mastery in many ways, and especially with the creative impulse. So it's like, whatever I get out of this Jupiter and Pisces, it's like, okay, how am I going to put it into action and show up for it daily? Um, and not burn out because, right. you know, Aries, as we were talking about before, it could go, especially with Jupiter and go overboard. So whatever house that, you know, Jupiter is moving into for in Aries, it's like, there is the realization, you know, the, there is the, um, the potential for burnout, uh, if you take it too, too far, too much. So I think that's something that, you know, just a little caveat to put in there. <laughs> That's so true. And especially because, right, they talk about Aries as like the match, right? It's like, it goes up fast, quick. And and like, you think about fire and energetically, that kind of force of fire, it burns with this quick enthusiasm, but it needs fuel. Otherwise it's going to run out and it's kind of running on empty and it will die out. Right. So we have to kind of, especially with Aries, who is like notorious for, you know, all let's, let's go, let's start it. Right. It's a cardinal sign. It's about beginnings. It's about launching into new spaces, but then that match burns out, right? And and it fizzles, or if it doesn't have that fuel, it's notorious for running out of stamina and follow through. It's, it needs that consistency. So applying consistency and and coming up every day without without kind of lighting that match and just completely burning out super fast. Yeah, because that can happen. Oh, yeah. oh we don't we don't want that. Um, Now, one more thing I think we should talk about before kind of getting, we're going to look into some like past transits of Jupiter and Aries, but thinking about the nature of cardinal signs in general um, and them being movable signs that get things going. We've been talking about this initiating process and this, these new beginnings and these starts. Um, But another thing that is, is key to cardinal energy is that it's pivot energy. And so we're probably going to see either ourselves or the people around us or the world do an about face because that's essentially kind of where the energy goes. It's like, it just turns and we're in a different space. We have uh, different motivations. We just, you know, something's not working and then you just turn. And so I think that's something to be I don't want to say mindful for, but realize, almost realize that it's okay to do that too. Because I feel like some people are like, I've stuck with something for so long. I can't just, you know, like turn, turn face now. Um, but yeah. So any thoughts on pivot energy, Mac, like the, that kind of cardinal or just a cardinal energy in general, like what's your take on cardinal? Oh, I love it. Obviously as cancers, it's great. I think it's just so action oriented. It's so, it just gives you like the the push that you need to get things done, to get things moving. Um, 
And so, you know, as someone who's like stimulated by change and also like scared of it, just like any other human, I'm like, <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's go. We could use some, could use some of that like fresh, you know, just thrust of new energy and new starts. Um, so I'm, I fully agree though. I think that it's, it's good to be tuned into the fact that friends, families, even partners might just be suddenly like, you know what, I've been acting this way and no more, and especially with Aries. Cause it's just like, it's cutting, it's Mars. It's yeah. I'm going this way and it's for me. And it's like, I respect that and, and being able to respect that for other people. And then also being able to respect it in yourself, I think is going to be really important to be like, I need to do that as well in a certain area, because that's what Aries is about. It is about like courage. It's about survival. It's about that, right. This kind of, it has a lot of quick changing motivations or intentions at times, but it has, it needs to kind of keep going and, and find what kind of brings you back to your, your center because it's all it's all ego at the end of the day. And hopefully you can do that in a constructive way, you know? Ego yeah. Rap, but. yeah, ego does get a bad rap, but we, but we need it in order to, uh, you know, engage with life and go after the things that we want in, in a healthy way. You know, there, there are healthy versions of engaging with the self and the self's needs and wants and desires. Um, and, you know, like that's where we need the ego. Otherwise we would just be you know, we'd lay down and do whatever anybody else tells us to do. And, you know, right. we're, we're not going to, no one's doing that with Jupiter. <laughs> no, no, we're like some people can surprise you that you're like, this person is always, you know, just goes along with things. And like, and then all of a sudden you're like, who are you stepping up and just stating your needs saying, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Cause I feel like, you know, Mars is a level of confidence. Aries has confidence in Jupiter, as we said earlier, just going to ramp this up. So I think it is, it's a cosmic confidence, uh, that might be kind of rushing in, uh, in, in some ways. And what, and like, I think that's going to be good if you needed that, that boost. Um, but as we stated before, if you're not one who normally needs a boost of confidence, there could be overconfidence <laughs> and we just want to make sure you're not, you know, overshooting your, the energy there. Um, now I will say, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the program about, uh, Jupiter's activations, uh, through Aries, but as we cross this, this first zero degree point, you know, it might take a little bit to get that energy going because we still have Mars and Pisces. And so Mars has still got to go through some things, got to do an eclipse, you know, but by the time we get to the end of Mars, or Mars, the end of Mars, the end of May, um, and especially around May 29th, uh, when we have the Mars-Jupiter conjunction, that is going to be a lot of kind of what the things that we're talking about right now and that, like the strike of the match head, mm-hmm. basically basically <laughs> at that point. So, so let's talk a little bit about past transits of Jupiter and Aries. Cause I think, you know, as they say, there is a, you, there's wisdom in, in the past, you know, know where you're coming from, <laughs> know where you've been. Um, so if I only drew, drew it back so far, because obviously we have, you know, Jupiter moves through the Zodiac every about 12 to, you know, 13 years, give or take, usually about 12. And so uh, depending on how old you are, of course, you know, there's listeners of all age here. Uh, but the last time Jupiter was in uh, Aries was in 2010 uh, in 2011, early 2011. Uh, in 1999, in 1987, uh, 88, and then 1975, uh, 76. Um, and so if you were born during those years, you know, I know a lot of people that were born in 87, early 88, that have this Jupiter and Aries energy. Um, 
And my former partner of eight years, I was born in 75 and he had Jupiter and Aries. So I've become like very, uh, I, I guess I'm aware of it in many ways, but, um, so look back at those times in your life. I mean, Mac, do you, do you, does any of those years pop out for you? I know you'd be more 99 or 2010, 2011, yes. but <laughs> yeah, they do. They do 99. Um, my parents had just kind of divorced. And so that for a big, you know, cancer life as it is, it's all, everything's transparent with me. Um, in terms of that all family dysfunction. Yeah. Like my parents <laughs> worked in 99. So that was like, oh, wow. Ninth house. Okay. This is a perspective shift in terms yeah. of, like, oh, life is very different. And then in 2010, I actually was going to school in the city and just like completely immersed myself in, and moving into the city, which is like my kind of thrust into being in my own new space. Both of them kind of coincided with moving interestingly mm. enough. Um, but I do have a Mars world fourth house and Mars rules my ninth. So perhaps there's some kind of Mars triggering going on there. So interesting. And so both kind of coincide with moving into new, you know, kind of new spaces and new towns, new areas, and also just general, I was going to college and also just like, just are going to kind of, you know, just, wow. Uh, yeah. I have to reflect on it more. Right. Here. She's, <laughs> she, yeah. She's like, you know, do a little journaling around that see what comes right. up. Um, because How about you though, like, yeah, it's like, we, cause we have a growth story. I think that happens here always with Jupiter, but with the Aries activation, it's, it's interesting as we've been talking about. Um, but when I pull it back and think about, uh, in, in 1999 and 2010 or early 2011, um, once again, there was not, there's other, there was kind of personalized activations in the space of like creative engagement. And what I, you know, in 1999, I started finding a whole new group of friends, um, in the music scene and being introduced to all this new music and kind of like underground nature, um, and, and finding my expression with, within that, um, which led to me living my daily life completely different than I used to, you know, like, uh, just the things I would listen to the people I would see the concerts that I would go to and just kind of like, you know, nightlife and just engaging and just being a different person, I guess. Cause you know, that's what I think with sixth house. I was talking about mastery earlier, but sixth house is like what our daily routine looks like and like who, who we are. And we go through changes, like what we're doing from, you know, sun up to sundown can totally change. And so, and so I was, it was almost like I was coming into myself more through, um, through these people that I met uh, do the things that I would buy, you know, I, Jupiter rules the second house for me in the fifth house. So, you know, these are, these are creative spaces. This is my own creativity, my own self-expression. Uh, I started collecting records, uh, then, um, which became, a, a, a continual passion. And so I started to obtain things and make things too, that were aligned with like creative energy or making, a, I used to, connect with people a lot during that time by making specialized mixtapes, um, that were totally adorned and like, like the tape itself would be painted or like have all these things glued to it. Or like, you know, back before there was any sort of like <laughs> digital stuff, I'd be like scratching, like scratch letters on it to like put the, you know, um, so that was, that was that. And then in 2010, uh, 2011, that was another kind of creative awakening that was leading me to create music, uh, that I then took into 
my own bands that I would lead. And so that was the segue there. And I was actually in a band at that time where I was just kind of like a side player doing someone else's thing. Um, but I had all this creative juice that I wanted to put towards my own, uh, endeavor. And so I had to leave that band. I had to make a sacrifice basically to leave that band in order to pursue my own thing, because I only had at the end of the day, I only had so much time, you know, like I'm working, I like, you know, you got nightlife, you got, and, and also I became less enthused about the, that position. Cause I was so engaged with what it was that I personally wanted to create and put my everyday energy into. So, Ooh. um, that's really what I see Wait, with my so how own. How does that tie into now? Like, because I hear some of the, like the similar threads. Threads. That you, that yeah. It's like, right, where you're like, back. Oh, I have all these old creative things that are coming back from Jupiter's transit and Pisces. And are some of them worth activate? Like, does this, do you, can you see how it connects now? Yeah, I absolutely. I think that, um, I think that there's always like a big kind of independent pull yourself up and, you know, like my own creative spirit comes out, um, during these periods to, and it, and it, it relies on me to make decisions for myself and to show up for myself, um, and put energy behind what wants to like birth through me essentially, you know, cause I am a Mars ruled person. It's like, you know, so having Jupiter in a Mars sign, um, and I got Mars and I just got Jupiter conjunct Mercury and Leo, you know, in my 10th house. So it does add that bit of goals and achievement and what I, what it is I want to, uh, produce, um, in many ways. So I feel like I'm getting back to that. And it's like, I feel like I'm on the cusp of it. I, I know, but there's, a, there's things in my life that have to change. There's things that I throw myself into every day where I'm a little hamster on a wheel right now, you know, and it's right. like, I need to kind of step off the wheel for a second <laughs> to, to know. Um, so I think there's going to be a recalibration process that will be happening for me personally. Um, good. but yeah. Good. Yeah, no, I, I think it, I think it will be, I think it will be good. You know, I was around for 87, 88 too. I'm like, there's, there's a, huh. There's, that was right before I moved. Um, when I moved to a different town for like the first time, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think, I mean, what I was, I was in like a third fourth grade at that time. That's a special time. And it's up. I was a little, not like, you know, I had some issues in third and fourth grade. Like I was a little sneaky. I was a little sneaky. I remember in fourth grade, I, um, we had this, uh, I don't know if this is Jupiter and Aries, you know, the whole learning and kind of going about my, do my own Mars thing. Um, but I had, I remember we had this like reading group where we'd all get together and we had this reading workbook and every week we would have our assignment and then we'd have to grade, um, you know, it was on the honor system to grade your assignment. And then the teacher would go around and be like, what was your score? What was your score? What was your score? And Basically, I had a report card that just came out. I had all A's. And then like a couple of weeks later, the I go to the bathroom. The teacher looks at my workbook to see that there is nothing in it. And I had been, I had been faking it the whole time by saying, she'd be like, what's your score? And I'd be like, oh, 94, oh, 98. 
uh, 89. Like I, I'd like, I know I have to variate this and like, look, make it look, right. you know? And so, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was sneaky. I was a little sneaky little, I think I was too smart for my own good, <laughs> I think. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know if that has anything to do with Jupiter and Aries, but that's a story that, <laughs> that brings back. Oh, uh, yeah. Mars, yeah. Mars and Gemini problems. That was Mars and Gemini problems. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing too, is like, we talk about Jupiter, it's like, pull it back. When we think about Jupiter story, look at where Jupiter, you know, is in your chart. Look at what the house is that Jupiter rules. Jupiter is now going to be under Mars's domain. Look at your own Mars. Look at the house that Mars rules. What's your Mars story? What's your engagement with Mars energy uh, and Aries energy in general? Because um, I think there'll be some clues there too. So let's go on to these world events that I was, that I kind of, I went down a little wormhole, um, for just, just around more of the Aries ingress part, uh, not, you know, cause obviously there's a lot that goes on in a whole year that, uh, Jupiter is in a sign. Um, but here's the things that I just noticed in general, if I'm going to cap like an overall, you know, thing, I noticed a exploration, there was a lot of exploration exploration, um, that would happen, uh, a lot of bombings and explosions, which, you know, I mean, it's Aries. It's like <laughs> that can happen or attacks, you know, these are, like, this is, I mean, it's Mars, it's Aries, it's warring energy, um, power changes that would happen in various ways. There'd be uh, power changes, which it speaks to that pivot nature that we were talking about. Um, a lot of times there was aviation related news, um, for, for good or for not so good. Um, and, and the first of long lasting things are released. Wow. And so I'm just going to run down. I'm going to, I'm going to run it down real quick and just throw things at you. But, uh, bro, so in bro. March of <laughs> March of 1975, uh, there was a big turn in the Vietnam war when the North Vietnam army launched a campaign that ended up conquering much of a larger portion of uh, South Vietnam, actually more than they thought they were going to take. They basically stunned and confused the enemy. Uh, so it was this win that they didn't even realize they're going to have such a big win, which is interesting to think about. Um, it was the first ever same-sex marriage license to be issued in Boulder, Colorado. It was revoked later in April. It pivoted back, but it's the first of something um, that opened a door. Uh, Jaws first released then, which I thought, you know, That's big great. jaw, shark big, energy. Yes. Um, there was a huge fire at a lar- at the largest nuclear power plant at the world at that time, um, at Brown's Ferry Nuclear Plant. Um, so that was uh, j- literally right around the ingress there. Uh, it was when Mariner 10 made the closest approach by an Earth vehicle to Mercury. And so these are the first times we got clear photos of the, the surface of Mercury. And at the same time, Helios 1 was made, made the closest approach to the sun ever by a man-made object. So here's our exploration energy that's happening there. Um, it was also when we talk about the Pisces to Aries switch, it was the end of the draft lottery for men that were 18 years old in America. So that whole kind of warring energy, you know, like it's connected to war basically ended there right before the entry. So right at the very end of Pisces that had changed. 
Um, and there were a couple of world leader assassinations at that time in Saudi Arabia and Zimbabwe. Uh, and also interesting, the leader, the president of Tunisia was named uh, president for life during right at this transit. But when it came back around to 1987, when Jupiter went back into Aries, it was actually revoked because he had, there was evidence of his increasing dementia. So in that Jupiter cycle where he was named president for life, he, it was actually revoked, right? When Jupiter was moving into Aries the second wow. time around. So that was 75. In March of 87, uh, the first Starbucks opens, which is interesting when we think about Starbucks now and all the, the labor demands and the, um, the energy put behind uh, the you know, trying to unionize it and stuff. Um, there was a major earthquake in New Zealand right at the exact ingress. Um, and spoiler alert, in June 2010, they're same thing. Uh, so I don't know if New Zealand has, you know, if you're in New Zealand, <laughs> just know yeah. that something about Jupiter and Aries seems to give some earthquake energy there. Um, there was a hybrid solar eclipse around the same time, which was the same day as the largest recorded audience ever in attendance. So they're at WrestleMania three. So there was this March 87 also had Jupiter coming in at the same time of the eclipse energy, which is interesting to think about. Um, also the best picture of the year, which won best, best picture at that time was Platoon, <laughs> which oh is a, a, you know, a war movie, which is interesting. Um, and unfortunately there was a, a massacre in China of 19 unarmed Vietnamese refugees. So there kind of had that, uh, you know, just uh, that violent component. Um, in February, 99, uh, there was uh, in New York, there was an unarmed immigrant that was shot dead at that time. And it sparked a whole outrage throughout the city uh, that kind of took this to the storm for like rights of, you know, and, and firearms and police and, you know, those types of things. Um, once again, King Hussein of Jordan dies of cancer. And so there was a change of power. Um there was also an assassination attempt on the Uzbekistan president uh, and also the assassination of an Iraqi Shiite cleric uh, around those days. Um, Kurdish rebels take over embassies across Europe. So we're seeing this kind of surge there. Uh, an avalanche in Austria destroyed a village around that time. Um, but there's also a new endurance record set for a hot air balloon trying to circumnavigate the world. And it was aloft for 233 hours and 55 minutes. So there were these, you know, kind of Aries records born for a hot air balloon. Right. Um, so Jupiter. So Jupiter. And, <laughs> and this is actually a little fun fact that they said was around this time, uh, just interesting to think about, was uh, Pluto actually moved further away from the sun than Neptune because during from 1979 to 1999, Pluto was actually closer to uh, the sun than Neptune was because of its er erratic, you know, kind of orbit. And so it won't return there until 2231 uh, again, but uh, just a little fun fact. I was like, oh, so when I was born, uh, Pluto was closer to us than Neptune. That's interesting. Cool. All right. Uh, and then the last year, as I'm inundating with all this stuff, in June 2010, when the ingress happened, um, it was the first 24-hour flight by a solar-powered plane to be completed. Uh, and the plane was called Solar Impulse. 
Yeah, we think we think about Aries too. This is the uh, exaltation of the sun, right? Um, it was the first test Instagram post was made when Jupiter moved into Aries, and we know where Instagram is now. Um, wow. It was the first female uh, prime minister to be sworn in in Australia uh, at that time. Um, and it actually interesting right after a couple months after the ingress in August, uh, the world health organization declared that H one N one, uh, which had, a, there was a p- pandemic of that was over saying worldwide flu activity had returned to typical seasonal patterns. So it was the end of a, a pandemic too. And I'm not saying like the pandemic is necessarily going away or anything like that, but it is interesting that that coincided with, um, that ingress, but, I mean, what do you think about that onslaught? (laughs) Uh, It was an incredible onslaught. I think it was so fascinating to reflect on all those. Thank you for compiling them. Um, (laughs) I don't even know. Like, where to begin with that? They're so they're so perfect. Like, they're just great examples. And I think it's it really kind of just lends some. You know, it lets your imagination kind of go and. Hopefully not to too dark a place. Yeah, we're um, not kind of, but, talking, you know, history remembers what it remembers because it, you know, like, yeah. Exactly. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> those examples are just so good. I just think like the fact that all of like the the transitions of power and just like the violence and the fires and the, the aviation and the hot air balloons and like what? It's just like perfect <laughs> Jupiter stuff. And then also I thought about like Starbucks and just like Jupiter and Aries, just like, over caffeinating, right? And just everyone's telling like, <laughs> Starbucks, like caffeinate, right? And the fact that they've populated the earth in such a Jupiterian, yes. like, wait, what a concept. I mean, conquered, conquered. That's, conquered. The, that's the way to think about it. Yeah. Um, just really interesting. And I think, like, one of the reflections I've had just thinking about Jupiter and Aries, too, is just like, you know, thinking about how they, how they merge together, right? We think about Aries separately, we think about Jupiter separately, and then we kind of marry them and merge them it's so much masculinity, right? Yeah. Dry gang masculine sign as is Aries. And they're both kind of concerned with phallic power in their own way. Like they're, they're hyper masculine. So (laughs) I like a kind of comical and maybe hopefully not so serious thought I had was like, Oh God, great time for men's right. as activists. Like, just like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, Oh, it's just, it's very male centric and I'll be really interesting to see where like in terms of what happens leadership wise and just with obviously ongoing war all across the land, just like, where do we go from here? Like, then that is, that is a thing that is absolutely a thing. And so, but I mean, think about it in your own life. Like maybe you're going to be uh, exploring new chapters that you've never explored before or reaching new heights that you've never reached. Uh, maybe there'll be power changes in your own life where uh, you become a boss of something or the person that, you know, the, the boss that you uh, are, you know, at your work is then changed to someone else or goes into a different role or someone else is brought in, you know, um, or you introduce something to your own life that just becomes this lasting thing that's with you for a very long time. You know, we can like, you know, and just, and be conscious of your, your, your plugs and where you put fire (laughs) and things like that, knowing that, uh, uh, and like what Mac was saying earlier and the battles that we choose to fight, you know, just because there's more like that just energy everywhere. So because you're merging like that impulsive energy of Aries with that 
really expansive, optimistic energy of Jupiter, right? So generally that's like, that's exciting. That's, that's fun. We're going to like push forward into a lot of new arenas, but we just want to be mindful of not acting too quickly, not acting too impulsively, ending up with, you know, half-baked thoughts or half-baked decisions that aren't fully panned out. Cause remember Jupiter can, it loves to step back and see that big picture and not so great with the little nitty gritty details of the plan. <laughs> so we want to just like you know, while you're feeling excited and engaged with new concepts in your life or in that, especially in your Aries house where you should be pushing that energy, you should be Jupitering. Um, and you should let yourself come back to this kind of self-focalized place. Uh, just be mindful that also with Aries, of course, that, that inherent polarity with Libra, it, we have the potential, I think here to get a little lopsided in our collabs or our partnerships because we're so self-focused that we're yeah. like, okay, oops, well, there could be extra war in our partnerships, extra kind of you know, tug of war battles in our collaborations. We just want to make sure that we're not like over, you know, self-aggrandizing is another Jupiter thing or being self-righteous in terms of like, well, I'm right. So I think that'll be another interesting thing to kind of look out for too, energetically speaking about this combination. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you got a great, great point there. Just thinking about the other side of the the pond with Libra there, because at the end of the day, Aries does in, in, interact with Libra, which we're going to actually talk about here in a second. Um, some of these activations that will happen with Jupiter and Aries, but, uh, it is there, you know, there's the I, but with the I, there's always the, we, we are not our, no man is an Island. (laughs) Um, so, and, and that's an interesting thing to think about too, because, you know, some of the best relationship, um, you know, some a lot of relationships that last and are stand the test of time and are able to grow grow through conflict, and so this is the thing. It's like you are who you are and you do what you want to do, but you know we might come up against other people that way, and it's like how are we going to grow through that by occasionally having to stick up for ourselves, occasionally realizing that maybe we are lost in our own world and our own needs, and we do have to consider others because we can, we have stretched the line or gone a little overboard there. Um, so I just think they're just going to be conflict in general, because conflict helps us grow. Um, but only when we engage in it responsibly and it has, uh, result and we lean towards results that, um, benefit us and the people that we are engaging with, um, rather than just running roughshod over everything and just being like, it's, it's my world. I only care about me. So I think that's a great point to bring up Max. So Let's go into some of these, uh, into our last kind of segment here about the, the major Jupiter activations that will be ha- taking place in Aries. So um, if you're watching the video, we're going to share the screen and share some um, of the charts here. And so you'll see the day here on May 10th when... Uh, when Jupiter moves into Aries, um, it's interesting too, because right when it's the sun is approaching uh, a conjunction with the North node, which is always very illuminating. Um, obviously we see Mercury retrograde here and stuff. Uh, so that this is the chart for the actual ingress. My mic is, has a mind of its own today. Um, and so the first major, uh, well, I mean, okay. So here's the thing. I think it is going to be major when Mars actually moves in to Aries because that is going to uh, Martianize 
our Jupiter, look at, look at that. When Mars <laughs> moves into Aries, the moon is exactly on it. Like at the same Yeesh. time, basically the moon is sandwiched between Mars and Jupiter, uh, on May 24th on Tuesday. Um, so just if you, if you want a taste of what, <laughs> right there it is, there's a, there's a healthy, juicy taste for you. Um, so that, that will definitely put some, some Aries into, you know, into our, our drinks there. But I think that the first one we're really going to feel is going to be this, uh, Mars Jupiter conjunction, which happens on May 29th, because, you know, it's, I, this is a, a, a whole new cycle starting between effort, energy, you know, expansion, moving forward, but it's also Mars and its domicile with, you know, large and in charge with Jupiter on it. So any thoughts about this configuration, Mac, on, yeah. on Sunday, May 29th, give or take, you know, this is going to be an influence all the end of May. Exactly. Well, I think really what stands out to me, like conceptually from where I sit is the fact that, like, I agree, Mars being in Pisces, kind of just like slowing, slowing down that fresh Jupiter energy at first. But once it launches in, it's kind of like, it's all, it's all in the cards around the table, Right. And I think what's really important to keep in mind about Jupiter's transit through Aries predominantly is the fact that it's answering to Mars. So when Mars is in Aries, we get that really turned up perspective on Jupiter and Aries. And then also, you know, not to mention when Mars moves into Taurus, when it's in its detriment and how that might slow down some of your Jupiter yes. and Aries plans or, or make you kind of rework or just kind of ground down to you. And there's constructive ways to utilize it. And then even looking even further without trying to overload, but the fact that Mars goes into Gemini for a bajillion years and it has- I know. Right? And it goes retrograde like around the same week when Jupiter dips back into Pisces too. So it's like this really funny, like push and pull uh, kind of thing going on there. But just generally speaking, I think when Mars is in Aries, this is going to be like the go time, the push. This is when you can kind of break out of those ruts, right? When you can really really utilize that fresh- unhindered Jupiter and Aries energy because, you know, Jupiter can do a lot when it's uninterrupted. And the one thing I kind of noted about its full stay in Aries throughout, you know, the year off and on is the fact that like, it's, it's almost like classic like classic Aries because Jupiter's kind of on a solo mission during its stay in the sign. Like at least in the first stretch, like it's yeah. not interacting with Saturn. It's not interacting with Neptune. It's not interacting with Pluto or, or Uranus. Like it is, it's very classic Aries. It's, you know, it's interacting with the inner planets and, you know, later in the year, it starts to dabble with everybody else when it gets later into the degrees, but it's kind of just like, I'm over here and we got my blinders on. Right. Yeah. That was a really funny thing. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that too, where it's just like, I'm kind of on my own here and I've got to like do something with this energy. Yeah, it reminds me of like a horse with the blinders, basically. Yeah. It's just like, it's just a focus. It's on this. It's like the world, the world's moving around you. There's other, you know, um, but it is hyper focused uh, there with not too much. Um, yeah. Like you said, there's not too much, I guess I could say interference or, um, or, or blending of energies. It, it gets very pure. Uh, but like you said, Following where Mars is is going to be super important. And the fact that we engage with a 
horrifically, horrifically, I don't know if that's the right word, long uh, Mars retrograde or Mars and Gemini, basically, Um, you know, because that's going to be like a seven month, I think, total of Mars and Gemini. And I'm, I have Mars and Gemini. And I'm like, no, no. It is my eighth house. Though, you don't want so it in your eighth. That's, that's what I was going to say. Oh, no, don't do it. <laughs> I'm going to be an eighth house perfection year too. I'm like, oh, oh just... it's in my 11th. I'm like, you want to, I want to sever my community. I want to sever my friends. All right, let's go. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Yeah. So uh, yeah, get get acquainted with your your Gemini house too coming yeah. up because right. uh, ooh, it's going to be funneling through that. Yes. It's going to be funneling whatever the, the Jupiter and Aries, you know, wherever your Aries house is, is getting fed through that arena, whatever that story is. It's like for you know when we get there at that point in time, not quite yet, but but yes, on. but keep it keep that in your back pocket, um, especially when you have big plans. <laughs> So that is definitely going to be one of our first uh, big activations there. Now, like Mac was saying, it's kind of doing its own thing for quite some time. Um, And really the next kind of big shot of uh, Jupiter juice in in my mind, other than Mars, I like, I love that you point out Mars and like just what Mars is doing because Jupiter is a side effect to the Mars, you know, especially during um, the late summer, uh, or at late July, early August, when Mars is going to be conjunct Uranus on the North node, you know, I have a feeling Jupiter is going to be like, Oh, what? There's all this, you know, you're, you're bringing me down to earth. All of a sudden I have to have like, these considerations of like surprise, like physical, you know, elements or endurance. It's one thing to have be inspired and have great, you know, right. like passion and focus. But what about when you have to do things that are here and now, or you have to change something about your, your comfortable <laughs> self that requires that. So just know that mid, uh, late July, early August in itself is interesting, but Jupiter will be a bystanding component because of rulership, because of those configurations. Um, That being said, though, one of the next big points of Jupiter juice, in my mind, is going to be the new moon in Libra on uh, September, Sunday, September 25th. 2022. Um, and that is when, uh, so basically the sun and moon conjunct at two degrees of Libra are going to be in opposition to Jupiter who will be retrograde at that point. Um, and so there is, so when you were talking about earlier, this I I versus we energy or, you know, who, who we are together, who I am and my mission is as, you know, alone. Um, I think there is going to be some, uh, Pluto or Mercury's retrograde again during the uh, Jupiter activation here. There's a lot of Mercury retrograde in the Jupiter's activation. So there's something to be said about that as well. Um, Trining Pluto. Uh, any any thoughts that come up with this configuration? Um, really, like primarily, just the fact that <laughs> I mean, I think it's just going to really touch on that 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 lopsidedness or, or where you've gone overboard and just like not not catering to yourself and what you need or what your plans are, and then where you've been catering or compromising too much in terms of partnership, and like the reversal of that, right? And just when you've been over prioritizing yourself. Um, and not your partnership or your collaborations and, you know, not just platonically, but I'm sorry, not just romantically, but business-wise collabs, yeah. uh, anything, any one-on-one contact. So I think this will really, really kind of just illuminate, like, where does that story lie at this point with Jupiter, you know, 
really kind of settled in at this point. It is retrograding and preparing to kind of back into Pisces in a couple of months. But at this point, it'll be like a nice just moment to stop and be like, okay, what's what's going on? And, and double check. And of course, it'll be Libra season at that point. So really kind of just rebalancing the scales of me versus we, right? And kind of seeing what comes up in that arena. Yeah. So that's a... Uh... <laughs> Jupiter is going to, um, I feel like Jupiter is going to remember that there's other people. Jupiter might realize that, oh, wow, in order to do this, I need help. (laughs) You know, I need a little help. Uh, Mars is in Gemini then, uh, you know, slowing down, uh, but trining Saturn, which is interesting too. So there is that, um, you know, kind of long-term goal energy, what we're putting our thoughts and ideas and uh, energy into for the long term there. And so it feels like, you know, because when uh, Jupiter, because essentially we have the sun opposing Jupiter then in, in that retrograde period, that's when it's the closest to the earth too. So there's, we're going to feel Jupiter more acutely even then as well, because it's kind of, it's more physically more close to us too. So that will absolutely be a turning point. Now we've got some time once again, um, I already stated the kind of like when Jupiter gets to, uh, oh, this is where, where is that? Oh, I jumped ahead in my timeline. This is what I find very interesting is actually, so it's interesting that's the sun's relationship with Jupiter. Cause here we are talking about the sun opposition to Jupiter. And then the next kind of big activation is, uh, around December 21st, when Jupiter is at the zero degree point again, back in Aries and the sun, uh, is having its, uh, Capricorn solstice moment and squaring Jupiter at the same time. So here we have this solstice chart being set up. That is, uh, you know, that Capricorn meets Aries, uh, there's this malefic backed energies, um, that are going head to head in some way. So this is an interesting solstice moment. Um, any thoughts, Mac on sun, uh, Jupiter square? Yeah. I think collectively that like on a global level, this will be really interesting. I don't know if I want to like decipher what it means. <laughs> yeah. but I think it's probably more fun to think on an individual level, but this I think is definitely going to be the world. Yeah. I agree. Scale. I agree. Um, yeah. I think individually speaking, this of course is when there's kind of like a clash between like, what are we contributing to society? What are we kind of pushing forward in our career, our reputation? What are we striving to kind of bring to the table? And then Jupiter in Aries being like, this is just like, you know, a dream, like just a little dream and a plan that I want to bring to life. Right. It's all mine. It's like these Jupiter in Aries is like, this plan is my baby, right? Like this, this vision I have is my baby or thing that I want to do for myself, this choice I'm making for myself, um, this reifying me affying that I'm doing with Jupiter and Aries kind of clashes against like, okay, well, how are you contributing to society? Is this plan working? Is this functional? How are you contributing to like, you know, the, the larger social sphere, you know, at large, just the kind of little clash between like the, the vision and the kind of impetus, I think, to get it done in a lot of ways. Um, and when you look yeah. at that, what do you, what do you think? I, I, I feel the same things. I definitely feel that the world stage is going to be very activated at this time. It's just like, how could it not? Um, and when we talk about those kind of shifts in power that I was talking about, earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and just, there's, there's probably going to be dynamic power shifts that, that take place. Um, whether that is in, you know, governments or it's in corporate entities or, um, 
yeah, there just seems like there is going to be, and they could be grasps. I mean, squares are conflict by, uh, by, by nature. I, well, I mean, oppositions are obviously, but, um, there's just turning points that happen with squares and there's it, it, and a lot of times there's just no, there's no ability to cooperate with it because it has to be one or the other thing. Like it's, it's like, you know, it's like that forked path, basically squares in many ways. It's like, you gotta go one direction or the other. And so I feel like it's going to be a big pivot point, uh, power wise. Um, but yeah, in your own life, it's like, yeah, we get to the point of Capricorn season and we get very connected with what are our goals? What are our ambitions? What am I bringing to the world? Um, what am I wanting to achieve with my life? Have I, have I achieved this thing that I've been baking, you know, this cake I've been baking in Jupiter in Aries time, because now Jupiter's back, right? It dropped I don't want to say it dropped its baggage in Pisces, but you know, it just did do some wrapping up of some things that were maybe left behind that hadn't been dealt with yet. Um, and so to have Jupiter fresh and back in, and then it's kind of like this contention, not contention, but this, um, this, you know, cause squares are very activating too. So it's activating. It could be activating like, okay, I'm back with my Jupiter and Aries mission, but what's the plan? How am I going to see this through? How am I going to architect this space and get closer with it? You know, because Mars is retrograde in Gemini um, and still there. So it's not like we are like moving forward like crazy at this time. You know, Mars retrograde. A lot of times we have to hang back and and deal with um, sometimes frustrating uh, backtracking or just, uh, you know, behind the scenes planning and or re generating our energy in order to get there. And that could be the tension too, is maybe we want to rock it up. We're ready to start, but we don't have the energy or something's getting in the way, or we don't have the plan or we don't have the full ideas. We haven't learned everything we need to yet. You know, Gemini energy. That's the end so, of Gemini concept. It's like, it could be kind of coming back to the details of things or like, yeah. what have we missed or what information has kind of slipped through the cracks that we've allowed that in our big kind of grandiose plans, where, where have we kind of missed the, some messages perhaps? Yeah. Absolutely. And I know just looking at this and knowing what's coming too, is that Mercury is about to retrograde on Pluto. <laughs> you don't see it in this chart right now, but it is coming. Um, so that's a lot to think about too, because when we think about planetary chains, we got Mercury or Mercury backing that Mars retrograde in Gemini, which is, you know, talking to Jupiter. And so we're going to have this big old chain at the end of the year, which should be interesting. That could be activated by this sun Jupiter uh, moment. Um, but then still send us into all this retrograde energy that needs to be dealt with, um, that can bring up some big things that haven't been, uh, you know, in order for those fresh starts. But so, so then that kind of brings us really to March and April of 2023, Mm -hmm. because I mean, obviously we're going to be getting back into, yes, we're going to be getting back to Aries. Um, we have March 11th. That's when uh, Jupiter is going to, so there's, okay, so there's, this is kind of the succession of things. So first we have, uh, first we have, where did I get this all lined up? Oh, no, that's not what I'm looking for. So first we're going to have, oh, what? Wait. Did I, did I do this wrong? (laughs) So first we're going to have, I think Venus is going to conjunct Jupiter, right? I feel like this is, yeah. So March 1st, 2023, we got Venus 
uh, coming around to Aries and is going to conjunct Jupiter and Chiron basically at the same time. So we have this Venus Jupiter moment that is embedded with Chiron, uh, which Jupiter will then conjunct Chiron on uh, March 11th. So basically the first half of March kind of has this Venus Jupiter Chiron signature um, in it. And so, uh, any, any thoughts about, <laughs> thoughts about uh, that? Mac? Understanding the pain of love, understanding, <laughs> uh, I think that I was just like, I think it's probably going to be a more reflective Jupiter situation where, it, cause I think Chiron and Venus when they're together are so visceral, they're so relationship oriented. It's so much about, you know, our self-worth and where our pain lies. And then you put it in Aries and it's in me, and then hopefully Jupiter can like shine, you know, on a more psychological level, just like shine some insight or some understanding or some integration around those themes, potentially, especially around relationship wounding and sticking up for yourself in relationships or defending your needs or demanding your needs if need be. Um, yeah. And I, that's kind of just where like my brain goes typically. Yeah. Well, and I, that it's a good thing to point that out too, because really, you know, we're talking about March of 2023, but here in a couple weeks or like, well, when this comes out in a week's time, uh, we're going to have that lunar eclipse in Scorpio, which will also have Venus on Chiron at that time. So if you want a precursor of what Venus Chiron looks like for you in Aries, this lunar eclipse is going to bring it. Um, and then, uh, and, and then sometimes, you know, these can bring things up that then when Jupiter comes around and what Mac was talking about early in the program, the understanding component, like maybe we fully uh, can understand and gain the way, because we know Chiron is like triggers us, there's wounds, but there's also wisdom to be gained mm-hmm. from that. So to have Jupiter on top of Chiron too, it seems like an extra wisdom boost, mm-hmm. um, even though we might go through things that could be painful or uh, interact with, you know, just kind of rile things up within us and when I think about Venus and uh, Aries, I really think about the component of self-love. Um, mm. And and that has to translate to partnerships. You know, we got to love ourselves to be in right partnerships. I mean, not completely. You can't, it doesn't mean you can't be in a relationship if you don't fully love yourself. I mean, we all, like plenty of us are in relationships and we still struggle with self-love, but um, there is a balance there. And uh, if there are struggles of self-love within someone, uh, the I feel like the Chiron component can bring it up. And then Jupiter uh, hopefully can help and it might ramp it up. Remember, we talk about Jupiter really ramping up, but hopefully there is that understanding, that integration, that moving beyond it, right? Um, growing from it rather than it just happening. And then we just move on with life, you know, like we actually get something from it. So I think that's, um, I think, I think that will be uh, potent there. Um So kind of the next thing that happens uh, after that is the sun will start its conjunction with Jupiter, a sun-Jupiter cycle, basically that is seated in Aries. And that's going to happen April 11th, 2023. So this is our shot of like exalted solar energy into Jupiter. Mars has finally moved along. It's in Cancer now. Not not its best place, but you know, (laughs) it's a... it's not in Gemini. Um, and so, uh, any thoughts about a solar Jupiter? I mean, I think like if this was the moment you were waiting for to like, this, this could be like a real liftoff moment, just really pushing it forward, really kind of getting it going. Right. We have, obviously we have Mars kind of moving on from its story. We also have 
a whole bunch of other seeds being planted in terms of major shifts that are kind of undergoing. And I just realized that these are also happening during Jupiter and Aries, right? Like we have Saturn going into Pisces, yeah. Pluto in Aquarius. Aquarius, like yeah. Massive, massive societal, <laughs> just get life stuff, like major shifts going on. And so it's like, if you... You know, you don't have to, you don't have to ask for change. It'll come to your doorstep with this. And especially with the Aries energy and the Sun Jupiter conjunction, it's just like, all right, I see the plan. Let's do it. Let's like, let's seed it down to like, everything is kind of shifting, especially in, in those houses. I mean, it's just wild to consider that that's all happening in March. Yeah, no, that's so basically March and early April. So we get that Venus, Jupiter, Chiron we talked about. Then we get, uh, I, I skipped the gun with Mercury there. Mercury is going to conjunct Jupiter uh, around late March. Um, and then a couple weeks later, we have that solar activation. And like you said, like here we have uh, Pluto moving into Aquarius on March 23rd there. Um, so, you know, and getting close to the bending of the nodes, but that's a whole, that's a podcast in itself. Um, but there, yeah, March and April of, of next year, um, when does, uh, Saturn move into, so Saturn moves into, yeah, March. March. I'm like, whoo, give All me a March, fan. March I'm like, <laughs> March, 2023, you know, Saturn moving into Pisces, yeah. moving into Aquarius, uh, these yeah. Aries, uh, Jupiter and Aries activations. So, Ooh, yeah. Um, I feel like this is where you really get to like push forward or it's like, if you, if whatever Jupiter has been trying to free up or liberate or expand in your Aries house, like when all these other shifts kind of coincide, it starts to just really relay the foundation and, and recreate the terrain in a, in a new capacity. So it's like, this yeah. is, this is new terrain. And if you talk about Aries being pioneering and you want new beginnings, then look no further, my friends. This is it. This is the bit, this is the big shift. Oh man. Well, Mac, geez, we, uh, I wasn't, I forgot about that one. I've been, <laughs> in all my prep, I've, I forgot about those very important oh, details there. So yeah. um, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the highlight of Jupiter in Aries there. I guess it goes out with the bang, so to speak. Um, <clears throat> but uh, that being said, if you, if you know, I like to put on the spot, if you had a keyword to recap the nature of Jupiter in Aries, what would it be? I say horsepower. <laughs> Horsepower. Go, rev it up. Like you try to use it positively. Don't overblow it. Don't get, don't, try not to bite off more than you can chew. Do lean into that energized newness, the, the freshness of it all. Take on new projects, be brave, be courageous. Um, but also it's a little survival instincty. So I'm just really curious to see how it plays out on the world stage and hopefully it's okay. Yeah. It's, yeah, I like the survival instinct. It seems it seems right because when you go when you're moving into new territory and everything's moving into new territory around you, you know, like you don't know. Like you, that's that's the whole idea of instinct. Is like instinct brings you through something that is totally fresh to you because you don't have anything to rely on back other than your animal instincts that are like, oh, do this, go there, turn left, turn right, you know. To, to, yeah, so. It's, uh, I guess I will piggyback with instinct. It's like, just follow your instincts, but also, you know, like just be aware of, be aware of what's too much, you know, Sagittarius, 
the card is temperance. It's like, mm-hmm. there's moderation can be our friend. We can still like propel into new territory and, and exceed our heights more than we've ever been before. But we can, we can, it doesn't have to be like too, like just all or nothing or like just over explode there because you can just burn, you can blow your load. So to speak. <laughs> beautiful nice there's nice phallic energy you know i had to get it in there i could let that go um so yeah so don't blow your load (laughs) but but uh definitely get go into new territory put on your hiking boots and be ready be ready for your hot air balloon ride yeah Um, bring bring a sword bring a sword bring a sword Uh, bring a fire blower um (laughs) All right, Mac. Well, I think we covered as much as we can of Jupiter and Aries. So we just have to live it now at this point, um, see where we end up with that. So uh, before we go here, where can people find you? What do you got going on? Yeah. So you can find me at macandthezodiac.com. It's M-A-C-K and thezodiac.com. Really just teaching a palmistry two course in June. So that's, you already have to be in palmistry one for palmistry two. So you can't join that, but (laughs) just letting you know that there's future classes for palmistry, right? Starting in September. I haven't had a, like a chosen date, but going to be September. If you want to come join in again, you'd need no esoteric background. Um, you can just hop right in and learn how to read hands. It'll be super cool. And also you can just come by for a reading if need be. So I'll always be here for you. That's right. Go see Mac. Go get that Mac attack. I'm like, Is that a McDonald's <laughs> reference? I'm like, uh, good, good. oh, no. All right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, of course I will share max information over at my website at energeticprinciples.com where you can, uh, book a consultation with me. If you like, uh, you can also find me on Instagram at energetic principles, um, see what's going on over there. Uh, what else do I have? My new, my newsletter, the heavenly wind comes out once a month at the beginning of the month and, uh, may just arrived in the inboxes. So if you want to get that sent to you, come on over, sign up. It's free. I only send one email. You get one email a month. I have no more in me to give than that. So (laughs) don't worry about an influx because I don't have it in me. Um, but come on over, sign up for that. Uh, share this podcast, you know, we, we come on to share this information so that it gets spread widely to others. Uh, so sharing is caring, uh, share it with a friend, share it on your social media page, whatever feels right and authentic to you, uh, is, is good. Um, leave a review where you listen to this podcast because it helps it be boosted in the ratings, uh, and more searchable. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for this transit. I'm a little nervous, but I'm also excited. Uh, and I'm so glad you got to come share with this space with me today, Mac, and, uh, talk all about it. Oh, that's the best. Thank you for having me. I super appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime, anytime. And, uh, all right, everyone out there, are you ready? Are you ready for Jupiter and Aries? Ooh, yeah. I'm going to take a nap while you can <laughs> get it, get your naps in. Uh, and we wish you the best as we rocket into this new territory. So, all right, everyone. Um, good luck out there. And as always, may the stars be with you. Mm-hmm.